Welcome to the Awaken Podcast. We are so happy that you have decided to join us. Hopefully, you will find the next few minutes challenging and refreshing as we consider together how God is asking us to respond to His grace. If you are listening because you are unable to join us at our physical location, thank you for keeping in step with us, and we will look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday. If you are joining us from outside of Anchorage, then please drop us a line and let us know where you are listening in from. We would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you are exploring faith for the first time or just trying to figure out what Awaken is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, the Christian faith, or Awaken Church. May God be with you as you listen. Good morning, everybody. It is awesome to see you here. Welcome. And I think this morning I'm going to teach you to listen. How about that? You may have already thought that you knew how to listen, but this morning, we're going to go next level. So, there was one, yeah, some of you are getting up to leave right now. Uh, There was a time in my life where I had a little bit of extra money, and I decided that I wanted to learn something about the stock market. Some of you already know where this story is going. It's going down. Levi, don't, don't even try that. But I did. I, I got this little uh, day trading fund thing and, uh, or platform, and I got on there. I put some money in there, and I started to learn some things about the stock market, mostly that I should not be doing that. But one of the things I found out about is something called an exchange-traded fund. Am I saying that right? Yeah, okay, a few of you know. So, and then... This particular one that I found is a leveraged exchange-traded fund. And that means, uh, for example, uh, there are different ones, but the one that I was interested in was a a fund that tracked the NASDAQ. And whatever the NASDAQ did, it did three times as much as whatever the NASDAQ did. So if the NASDAQ went up by $100, this fund went up by $300. You get the idea? And that is fantastic as long as the NASDAQ is going up. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, how it ended. (sighs) You want to hear the whole story? (laughs) It's still going on. Yeah, it's still happening. I'm I'm trying to recover. Uh, That's that's where the story's at right now. But what I was thinking of is... The way we listen to the teaching of God is very similar to that exchange-traded fund that's leveraged, this leveraged um, investment. Do you guys want to know how? Luke chapter 8 and verse 18. Jesus makes this statement. He says, so pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. And when I read that, I immediately thought of this leveraged ETF. Because Jesus seems to be promising that if you will step into the beginning 
of understanding, then I will just pile things on top of that. Is that how you guys read that? It's like he's going to add to whatever we put into the equation. And this makes sense. This seems to be the way God operates. For example, he says he doesn't need great faith from us. He just needs this tiny little mustard seed, this, this very small bit of faith. And if we will just give that very small bit of faith, then he will pile onto that. He will take that small thing and he will do extraordinary things with it. And so that seems to apply to how we listen. It seems to be that if we listen in the right way, that God will give us increasing amounts, exponentially increasing amounts of understanding and wisdom and transformation. Doesn't that sound good? It sounds great if you're figuring out how to listen correctly. But if you're not figuring out, it actually sounds kind of bad, a little bit brutal. And it sort of goes against this Jesus being a gracious God because he says that even what you think you understand will be taken away from you if you're, if you're not figuring out how to listen correctly. So would you say that this is, this is a significant issue to know how to listen correctly? Like if you're, for example, in church on Sunday morning and you were listening to a sermon, if you're online and you just were browsing and you thought that sermon looks interesting, I'm gonna check that out, and you were listening, wouldn't it be important then to know how to listen? That's why Jesus tells a story for the people that he is teaching to understand well how to listen correctly. He tells them the story. He says there's a farmer and he's planting seed, but uh, this farmer, I don't think he's too smart because he's just throwing seed everywhere. And some of the seed lands in good soil. And that makes sense. And, and that seed grows and it flourishes. Uh, but some of the seed lands in other places like rocky soil, dry soil, barren soil. And it, you know, those, for various reasons, that seed doesn't do well. And then he just leaves that story hanging for the general audience. Oh, he does say this one thing. Oh, for those of you who have ears to hear, you should listen to what I just said. And then he walks away with his disciples. And most likely, most of the people listening just kind of thought, huh? That must have been the case because as he was walking away with his disciples, as they were in a separate place, his, disciple asked, his disciples asked him, well, could you explain that story to us? Like, what were you really saying? And so Jesus explains his story. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 11. He says, this is the meaning of the parable the seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil 
come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The footpath would be, you know, tramped down, would not be prepared to receive seed. It'd be a horrible place to plant seed. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. Ooh, those are good ideas. I like that. That was inspiring. Not that I don't want you to say great sermon, pastor, as you leave today, but it might be that that's all the further the sermon gets. Who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while and then fall away when they face temptation. The, the, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. You thought you were going to get off the hook until you heard that one. Oh, shoot, got me. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word. And then we're getting into the secret of it all. Cling to it and patiently produce a good harvest. People who hear it, cling to it, and patiently produce a good harvest. It just so happens that immediately after this teaching, Jesus has an opportunity to kind of lock this in for his disciples, for the people who are around him. Because his mother and his brothers come and they're on the fringes of the crowd and word kind of works its way through to the disciples and they announce to Jesus, hey, your mother and your brothers are here. And you would think Jesus would be like, oh, that's awesome. Bring him to the inner circle. You know, I want to see those guys. They're my family. That's not what Jesus says. It must have been rough to be in Jesus' family. Because this is what Jesus says. In uh, verses 19 and 20, Jesus replies, My mother and my brothers are all those who hear God's word and obey it. I, yeah, I know, mother, brothers, yeah, big deal. Uh, that's sort of mildly interesting. But what's more important is for people to hear and to understand that what I'm interested in is obedience. I'm not really interested in the, the cares of this world. I'm interested in people responding to God. So, now you know how to listen with a plan to obey, with a heart to follow through, with a willingness to take action based on what you have heard. So, do you have ears to hear? Well, I'm about to challenge you with one of the most challenging pieces of scripture, one of the most intense challenges from Jesus. And that's why I wanted to make sure I taught you how to hear before I gave you this challenge. It's found 
in Luke chapter 10. Starting in verse 25, it says, One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? Sorry, this is just like a little side note that I have to include. Um, it's interesting that when somebody asks Jesus about how to be saved, he directs them to the Old Testament. For those of you who are naysayers about the Old Testament, that's interesting. The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. There's an exclamation point behind right. We think Jesus said this with some satisfaction. Yes, that's right. You hit it on the head. Do this and you will live. You got it. Simple. This is where the difficult part begins. <laughs> the man wanted to justify his actions. Could you imagine that? So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? You're probably nothing like me at all. But my MO, my modus operandi, seems to be that I try to manipulate commandments and regulations and rules in such a way that I can live the way I want to live. Like I said, you're probably nothing like me. You're you're probably the type of person that just says, oh, that's the right thing to do. I'll do it. That's not how I am. I start on the other end. I think, well, what do I want to do? Hmm, there's a problem between me and what I want to do. That problem is these, these rules. But there's something interesting about rules. They can be interpreted in a variety of ways. Is anybody familiar with the occupation of an attorney? Well, we all have a little attorney inside of us. Did you know that? We all have a little lawyer in there that likes to interpret rules and laws and regulations the way we want to see them interpreted. We love loopholes when we are the ones benefiting from the loophole. I'm sorry. That was just about me. I'm sure you're nothing at all like that. Is it possible that we are guilty of dissecting the letter of the law in order to ignore the spirit of the law? 
I'm gonna suggest to you that that is human nature, that that is in fact what we do. I'll give you an example. And this is a good example because it applies to none of you because you're all here in church today. But I have heard people say that I don't need church in order to be a Christian. Technically, that is completely correct. There is nothing that would suggest that in order to be saved, in order to have salvation and eternal life, you must attend church on a weekly basis. Nothing to suggest that at all. But isn't it kind of like slapping Jesus across the face to say, I don't need to be a part of the body that you have established. I don't need to be part of the manifestation of God on earth. I don't need to be a part of the Christian community that you have established, Jesus. And I could keep going. That's just an example. I think there are thousands of examples for just this thing where we want to act, we want to behave in a certain way, we want to rationalize the way that we prefer to live. And as a result, we interpret, we twist, we jump through loopholes, we dissect the letter of the law. Well, Jesus knew this was coming. And believe it or not, he had the perfect response. <laughs> he tells a story. And we hear this story growing up, if we grow in the church, grow up in the church, and, and it becomes sort of this nice, cozy story about a, a good deed done. The story of the Good Samaritan. Right, just saying that, you're like, oh, that feels good. Story of the Good Samaritan. Warm and cozy. Brings back nostalgic feelings of when I was in Sunday school. <sighs> that is not what this story is about. This story is Jesus picking up a spear and ramming it right through the heart of that teacher of the law. This is Jesus confronting the darkness in this person's soul in an intense way. Let's read the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. Now, if you were in the original audience listening to this story, this might have made sense to you in these terms. So, there was, a, there was a guy walking around in an area of L.A. that he shouldn't have been in. And he was attacked by some thugs. And they beat him close to, to death and then just left him there naked. 
And just think about what's going on in your mind right now. You might be thinking, well, that's to be expected. Shouldn't have been in that place, that part of town he shouldn't have been in, right? I mean, get a brain. You might even think about the ethnicity of the people who probably attacked that guy in L.A. Well, people in the original audience, they were visualizing this. Oh, that trip, yeah, would have gone through Samaria. Oh, yeah, probably the Samaritans. Um, Jewish people did not like Samaritans, like hated Samaritans. Um, would travel an extra couple of days to go around northern Israel to southern Israel just so they could avoid going through Samaria. They were racist in an extreme way against the Samarians. The Samarians were like uh, half-bred Jews, and they were hated by the purebred Jews. The story continues, by chance a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. The temple assistant, or Levite, uh, walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. And he gave him a little bit more notice. <laughs> he went over and looked him in the eye before he passed by. Then a despised Samaritan. You see why Jesus used that word, despised? A despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. This would be like, I mean, let's say you're like an entrenched Republican, entrenched conservative. And in your mind, Republicans, conservatives, they do it right all the time. This will be like Jesus telling you a story about a liberal doing it better than a conservative. Wouldn't that just dig right into your heart? That's kind of what's going on. And I'm not suggesting, by the way, that liberals do it better than conservatives. I'm just trying to help you feel the flavor of the story. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man in his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, that's just awesome in terms of how do you serve somebody who's hurting? Right, I mean, this Samaritan went through several levels of care. Then Jesus says, now, which of these would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Oh, man. Wouldn't you hate to be that expert in the religious law now? Oh, painful, so painful. Well, you can tell his heart hasn't changed. 
because of how he responds. He says, the one who showed him mercy. Oh, he gets the story, but he's not even willing to say the Samaritan. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. And it's on that man to decide whether or not he is going to listen, whether or not he is going to respond. Uh, I'm gonna give you a challenge this week, some homework. The homework is this. I want you to spend some time, some real time in your day, the next few days. I'd like to hear from you by Wednesday. I'd like you to spend some real time thinking about who in your life, who in this city, who in our community, maybe even who within our church, who gets walked by on a regular basis? Who are we ignoring? Who is Jesus putting in front of us to serve and to lift up that we are walking by, that we are ignoring? Uh, last Sunday, we had a man stumble into the doorway uh, as I heard the story, I think he f sort of fell down in our entryway, got up, was confused, must have been on some kind of drug or something, and then ended up walking around the property aimlessly, and I went out and tried to um, see what was going on, and he, I think in fear of me, jumped up over the fence and fell onto the other side and, and went away. Um, this was right before the service was about to begin. And I have my excuse. Service is about to begin. I got to get in there. And I thought to myself, well, as a caveat, I, I think I'll go down to the Sullivan Arena this week and just see what's actually happening there. Just see the scene and see what God might put on my heart to do. And I walked away convinced that I would do that. But all week this week, I kept having other much more important things come up. Just one after another. And I, I could go through my week and I could convince you actually that I had some very important things to do this week. Like priestly duties this week. Very important things. We come up with a lot of excuses, don't we? Uh, I've noticed that ever since cell phones were invented, I don't really stop to help people on the side of the road anymore. Why? Well, they can call somebody. I'm sure they have a cell phone. Right? Um, if I see them with pets inside, I think, oh, man, they have company. So I think the reason that Jesus uses a Samaritan in this story is because I think he wants this very Jewish person to understand that his sort of spiritual status 
doesn't, doesn't protect the condition of his heart. Um, just because he's you know, following a few rules, just because he's integrated into the atmosphere of holiness doesn't indicate the condition of his heart. And I think that's important for us to hear. Uh, I don't want you to stop coming to church. I really don't. Uh, I don't want you to stop, you know, doing Christian things, reading your Bible, getting into the presence of God, praying and worshiping and, and uh, those things. I don't want you to stop doing those things, but I do want us to evaluate where our hearts are, whether or not we are listening in the right way. Whether or not when we hear what God is asking us to do, whether or not we respond. So I would love by Wednesday of this week for you to send me a text or figure out how to send an email to the church. My business card is right out on the counter if you don't know how to get a hold of me. And I would love to engage with everybody around who God is putting on your heart, who, God, who you think you've been walking by, who you think our church walks by. Who are we going over and looking at and saying, oh, wow, <laughs> that looks rough. You've been totally beat up and then walk away. Who are we ignoring? Who are we leaving behind in our community? Everybody's going to remember that. I usually get my phone out when I have to put something on my to-do list or remember something. So if you need to do that, go for it. Um, well, why are we concerned? Why does this story move us? Why should it move us? It has a lot to do with foot washing. Remember when Jesus, just before he went to the cross on our behalf, was with his disciples and was attempting to give them one final image of what it meant to follow Jesus. He took off his outer cloak. He put on, he, you know, he took on the role of the servant and he got down and he washed his disciples' dirty, grimy feet the one who they knew to be Yahweh that we sang about earlier. He got down on his knees and he washed their feet so they knew that if they were going to be one of Jesus' followers, they were entering into a life of serving others, giving up the pleasures and concerns of this world and diving into serving others, exhausting themselves fully because he first loved us, we Love the people around us. We exhaust ourselves on behalf of others. Uh, one of my heroes is Harriet Tubman. I don't know if you know her story or not, but um, sometimes I think about writing biographies on people, and I think Harriet Tubman is, would, would be on my top 10 list. An extraordinary woman. She was abused as a slave, uh, in a variety of ways over a, a long period of years. And at some point, she was given the opportunity to escape, and she went for it. 
She made it to Northern Pennsylvania. She was free. She was done with slavery, done with being abused. She had opportunity ahead of her. And what did she choose to do? She chose to use her freedom. She chose to use her courage. She, used, she chose to use the resources that she had been given to go back into the South, to put her life on the line, to give up convenience and comfort and future opportunity and serve other people who needed to be freed. She made so many trips and rescued so many people. She was given the name Moses, the nickname Moses. She became a legendary conductor of the Underground Railroad. That's the part that you probably already knew. In the Civil War, she worked as a nurse and a cook caring for the Union soldiers, working tirelessly. Here's the cool part. Well, not that being a nurse and a cook isn't a cool part, but because I'm a guy, to me, this is just the super cool part. She is the first woman in U.S. military history to lead military expeditions. She was a scout for the Union Army, going back into the South and leading these raids into the South, rescuing hundreds and thousands of black folks from the South. I think that's incredible. I think that's an amazing story of somebody who stopped caring about themselves and started living a powerful life on behalf of other people. That opportunity is open to each one of us to lead an extraordinary life of serving the people around us who we see are in desperate, desperate need. So you've got to Wednesday to communicate with me. If you don't communicate with me, I'll just know your, your spiritual heart is totally dead. So get on it. Think, pray, consider who is it that we are leaving by the side of the road. Suggest how we might do something to help. May it be that God would help us lay our lives down for others. Please join me in prayer. Father, we ask that you would do just this in us, that you would increase our faith to be able to respond to your truth, to your invitation, to your challenge to live in this way. Help us, Lord, to see our neighbor and to not walk by. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would please stand. From 1 Thessalonians. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you. 
so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Amen. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful week and we'll hope to see you next week, but I'll be hearing from you before that. Thank you again for listening. It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks. And this is also a great way to find out more about our church. Please sign up for that event by going to the events tab at our website, awakenalaska.com, and looking for Awaken 101. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends, and we will see you next week.